Live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts, welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Smokin' Nicole. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Smokin' Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com, and uh, I am not currently joined by Smokin' Nicole, but she will be with us very soon. But tonight, we have a very good guest with us tonight. We have our friend, Mr. Dan Thompson. Whereas some are now calling him El Presidente, uh, which that's normally <laughs> reserved to and, and McAuliffe ambassadors and McAuliffe fans. I I appreciate you so much, but most people know El Presidente as Dave Portnoy, but that's a whole nother conversation. So, um, but the Presidente is here tonight with us, Dan. Welcome back to the show. Um, Interesting things to talk with you tonight about. It's the last time you were on the show. It was, I want to say, last year. Guys didn't go to PCA. Now, uh, a lot has changed since then. So, welcome back, Dan. Hey, thank you, Matt. It's great to be back with you guys. You've been doing a hell of a good job producing shows that we're enjoying. Uh, you know, I, I do my best. I can't take full credit. Nicole does most of the uh, show producing. But, you know, I, I do what I can when it when it does fall on me. Um. Yeah. No. It, it. It's. It's been a. It's been a wild ride of a year. A lot has. A lot has happened. In like not even just with me or you guys. Or just the whole industry. Just a lot has changed. Um. Or the game has changed, as they say. <laughs> um. But no. I mean, last year you guys didn't go to PCA. We're now. I want to. I think it's 14 days to the first day of the trade show, and McAuliffe will be on the trade show floor this year. So first of all, let's start with that, since you know it is PCA pregame season. Hashtag PCA 2022. Um, you guys are making your return. I know that you guys didn't, re- uh, you guys didn't exhibit last year for mostly uh, strategical and logistical reasons. You know, especially with the pandemic complications that were going on. Nothing political. Making that clear. Uh, but you guys <laughs> have done a really good job of hitting the ground and getting yourselves and uh, keeping the business going. Um, getting yourself through that that time as most manufacturers did. I mean, you guys weren't the only ones. Everyone was really in a, in a tough place. But now you guys are you're ready to come back to PCA. Uh, tell us about the excitement that McAuliffe has to uh, to be on the big stage and at the big dance again. Well, we're, we're very excited to be going to PCA this year. It's been almost three years of work to prepare and be ready to come back to the show. Last time we were there was in 2019. And... It was really a time where we left the show. You know, we had some great conversations with some of our early brick and mortars, but we wanted to rethink what McAuliffe Cigar should be. And we had to make some changes and we've completed those changes over the last three years. And now we have a team and we're just ready to go engage. It's the perfect environment for us because we're a brick and mortar exclusive brand. And so where else can you go and have all the brick and mortars in the country in one place? Right. So we felt like it's, a, it's a, just a show that was made for us, and we can't wait to get there. Now, <clears throat> most people attending PCA, they usually have something new to exhibit or something to show, whether it be an exclusive or an introduction of a new line. Does McAuliffe have anything that you guys can may- you can maybe tease that we might be seeing? Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no problem. We love talking about it. <laughs> So what you got up your sleeve? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, it's a complicated night. 
And I love <laughs> you just throwing me right in the spotlight. So Andy Yappen's on a cook show tonight. He's going to be talking about exactly what we're going to have at the show. But I think the, the important thing is we're going to have two products that are available. One product is a single stick that the ambassadors have loved over the last year. That's all I'm going to say. Mm. It's small. It's delicious. Wait. A little four by 46. Wait. Are we going to see a regular production of Magdalia SE? Yeah, see, I knew it. I, I could just—it's on your face, and I, you gave it away, but it's okay because I'm excited. That is now my new favorite McAuliffe cigar. I love that cigar. I can't get enough of them, as you know. I—I—I've—I've I've, I've spoke to a shit ton of them. <laughs> They're good. Well, Thank God. It's one of my favorite cigars, and I just—I I smoke them by the bundle. You know, you can just rip open a box or bundle, and you're done in a week. Oh. No. The, the Medallia SE is not going to be the showcase at the show. Oh, what? Come we're gonna, on. <laughs> we're going to have another small cigar. But we also have a box that we haven't talked about with anybody. And it's the same shape as the Medallia SE. Okay. And it represents all of our blends. It represents so box, all of your blends. In one box, you'll be able to enjoy all of our blends in one box and they'll all be in the same format as the mcdalia se which you've been loving ah okay nice that sounds really cool i mean it is it is like the chocolate chip cookie that's left on your bed at a hotel that's nice and warm for people who love macau cigars it's just a perfect box 16 cigars eight blends all laundreas 5x40 Interesting. That's nice. So and so that'll be on display at PCA, and you guys will be taking orders for those at the show. We'll be taking orders for those, and they'll be here in September, September. as we head into our open house. Nice. Just in time for the open house. Well, um, for those of you who are watching, and those who have noticed, Nicole is now here. She's now at the sh she's now on the show, um, which will be a great time to pause for a second dan as much as i am excited um and let's talk about what we're smoking tonight uh we have some special mccallops we're smoking tonight um very special very special we are smoking the mccallop reservas tonight as you can see very delicious cigar this is also one of my favorites um outside of Magdalia as special edition those are those are uh, i think right now they're my favorite but i just i can't get enough of those but these are really awesome i love this cigar this is a great cigar this is al mccallop's blend um great cigar but dan what are you smoking that's the most important question i mean this is going to be no surprise for anybody i'm smoking my favorite the mcdalia this is the toro you love the special edition we all love the special edition but this is what we make year round we make it in this a corona extra and then a four by 46 format Ah, nice, nice. Yeah, Magdalia, that's, that, that is one of my favorite lines. I would say, for me, it goes... <sighs> it was Leenda number one for a long time, but I've since, I have to move that down because I've discovered, I would, you know, in terms of lines, I'd have to go Magdalia, um, then Leenda, and then, when I, when I say Magdalia, I mean all of them, too. I mean... You know, in, including the SC, but um, you know, the Magdalias, the Leendas, 
Um, the Reserva. Reserva, I'd probably put that in my top three. Going down from there, Herencia Habano. That's probably my, my number four um, for McAuliffe's. I mean, those are those are the ones that I probably grab the most. I smoke the most. Those are my favorite blends. Um, the A is, is probably going to round out my top five, I would say. A will round out my top five. Um, Matt, yeah. you know what's special? Is different ambassadors, they rank them differently because it matches up with their own taste. Mm. You know, I that love listening true. to kind of how you go through it, but it's not like we have one blend that's everybody's favorite. We have multiple blends that different groups of people love. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, about cigar, you know, manufacturers too. You know, everyone makes different blends and different varieties, you know, so you have something for everybody. Uh, and everyone's palate's different, you know, and this is what we, you know, little things that we say all the time, but it's true. Everyone has a different palate. Um, everyone tastes things differently. Everyone's cigar experience is always different. So, uh, that's why, and, and that's why, you know, no one's lists correct. Everyone ranks them differently. Uh, and that's what makes it special. You know, I could say, Hey, you know what? My favorite cigar is the Magdalia, you know, SE or the Magdalia, the, the, um, Oh, what did you do there? I just, my audio just went really high. I'm just tweaking. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, um, but you know, and then you could, and I'd be like, "That's my favorite cigar," and you, and you could come in and be like, "That's eh, nice," but the McAuliffe A is where it's at all day, and I could be like, "Nah, that cigar doesn't really do it for me." But that's, and that's, you know, and Nicole could come in and be like, "You know, the Harencia Habano is the best cigar that they make." Everyone's gonna say something different, um, but that's what makes it so special. So. Oh. We've worked to make sure that if you if you're going to spend your hard-earned money with McAuliffe cigars, we're going to have cigars in our portfolio at every price point that you can enjoy. And somewhere in those blends, you've got to find the ones that you're going to love. You know, it's been a lot of fun. We launched the Riata Toro and Corona Extra this year, and it turns out that that's been very popular in the Northeast and Florida. It's not my personal favorite, but people love that cigar. Yeah, you know, and it's funny. I've had these conversations with like William Cooper and, and you know other people in the media who I, I I talk to and work with, and I've had conversations with you know like John Carney from the Flor Dominicana, is a very very close personal friend of mine, um, and you know from his standpoint, you know, overseeing a a, a fairly large brand, uh, you you look at certain parts of the country where certain cigars under like. You know, like with John, like he'll talk about his own cigars and then he'll talk about, you know, other cigars he sees, you know, as he travels around. And it's funny, like you look at different regions and the different cigars do better in certain regions of the country for every brand. Um, you know, and you'll have these conversations with people and they'll be like, oh, well, how's such and such doing? Oh, well, up in the Northeast, that's the hottest cigar in town. <laughs> but if you go to the Southwest, it's on a lot of shelves. No one buys it. It's crazy. And I hear that same conversation all the time about a lot of brands, popular brands too. I mean, it, no one's really exempt from that. There's always like this part of the region, it's like you can't keep it in stock. But if you fly seven states that way, they have more than they'll ever need. Uh, and it's tr and it's interesting. It is interesting how the demographic of, of cigar buying can change like that. You know, uh, just all, even just by a couple of states too. It, it, it is, it's interesting. It's crazy. 
Um, well, it's been a lot of fun over the last three years getting ready for PCA, getting our cigars out in the brick and mortars and seeing what people in different regions and cities love in our portfolio. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, in PCA, too, I mean, I know you mentioned you, know, you guys hadn't been there since 2019. Uh, since you've been there, the show has changed. Well, first of all, there was no show in 2020, so there was no one there. Right. Last year, you guys weren't there as well. Um, much smaller show. Very, very smaller show. I mean, you guys weren't there. A lot of the medium-sized brands weren't there. Um, the big four brands were not there. So a really small show. I think that, you know, for brands such as yourself or even a little bit bigger like La Flor Dominicana and then especially like the new guys coming in, the, the small, really small boutique brands. Uh, it was it was an interesting show last year because I think that they had a little bit more of the energy of the show because all of the big players weren't there taking all the traffic and the distraction and the, and the money, <laughs> you know, I, I people were spending. Last year, people were just so excited to finally get out. We are too. The cigar industry is the first time they could get out. You were there providing coverage. Then people like our friends at Crownhead, they had a great show. Oh, I mean, yeah, it, it was absolutely extraordinary for them. You know, unfortunately, we were not in a position with, with the investments that we were making to make that show. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have to think about the cigar industry. It's not what's just happening in front of you quarter to quarter, but you're looking out over a three and four year time horizon to make sure that your investments from your seeds to what's being grown for you at the farm to what you have at the factory being processed, your production floor. You know, it's a long time frame. And especially as a newer company, you know, we don't have 15, 20 years of experience. And so the last three years for us, has really been how do we convert what we have grown into tobacco that's properly processed and fermented and then into the production facility. We grew our production. Last year, we did a million sticks in our factory. Yeah. That, that is a major milestone. Yeah. And it's all been in preparation of working towards not just PC as a show, but how we engage with the brick and mortars to have the inventory levels that they expect from a manufacturer, you know, some some people in the industry have had to pause, you know, John at LFD, he really had to have two years where it was very difficult with their inventory situation. And we learned from those situations and said, well, as a new brand, we don't want to get in that situation. And no. so we really invested in, you know, the amount of tobacco we have, our ability to roll it in our factory, and we're ready to go to PCA and present it to them. Yeah, I think that, uh, for you guys and, and LFD wasn't there, you know, you mentioned them, they're making their return. Um, United Cigar is another one who hasn't been there and they will be making their return and they have, you know, already announced so many things that they're going to debut at the show. Uh, I think that for the folks, especially like yourselves, who weren't there last year, then no one was there in 2020. So there's a lot of people who it's been like three years for them and that's a long time. And a lot and, and the conversations I've had with, with other brands like you're, you were in the same position as, as McAuliffe, you know, a lot of you guys have all kind of done the same thing. You've taken advantage of that downtime. And, yeah, maybe they scrapped going to a show last year. But th this time off that you guys have all had, you guys have really used it to your advantage to prepare. So when you do come back, you come back and make a statement. You have, you know, maybe you're more organized. Maybe you have more projects that you have more prepared for or whatever. Everyone's kind of doing something different, but for the most part, everyone's going to come back to the show and I think they're going to make a statement. And I, and I, and I expect that 
you know, you guys, LFD, United, you know, you even mentioned you know, Crown Heads was there last year, but you mentioned Crown Heads. They've been on a roll with a lot of things like a lot of brands like you guys, you guys are all going to have great shows. Th this is just my, my feeling. And from what I see, I think it's going to be a great show for all you guys. And I think it's going to be huge, um, especially from a Caliph too. You know, since then, like you mentioned, the biggest thing is you guys have changed from the last time you were at a trade show, you know, you were not brick and mortar exclusive. That has changed now since then. So the culture of the way that you guys are going to do business at the trade show is going to be vastly different from the last time you were there. So, I mean, you guys are going to hopefully just collect a, a plethora of all new clients and customers with retailers who come to the show, uh, which will be amazing. Now, Matt, part, part of running a business is learning. And when we were there the first two years, we had we had big booth. We, we kind of put on a show in the booth, but we weren't committed and knew exactly what our strategy were going to be. We were kind of running around just testing a lot of different waters. Now, Almost three years later, we know exactly who we are. We we are an exclusive brand for brick and mortars. We are, you know, pro growth in the industry, helping develop new markets, growing uh, with our focus and, and bringing more women into smoking with us. We're pro advocacy. We love what the PCA is doing. You know, every ambassador that signs up, we communicate with them and try to get them to register with the PCA as part of the advocacy program. So we're, we're at a much different position than we were three years ago. And it's been great because the foundations are in our business now where we can really grow and support a customer base that's ready for us. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, uh, you know, you guys have the ambassador program and the ambassador group on Facebook, which has done wonders for you guys it, it, it's your own little community and you guys maintain it so well like a, like the perfect garden right it's just it's it, it's, well, it's it, far it's, from perfect it's more like a family map well that yeah means that there's a lot of good times and sometimes there's some shit that gets thrown around <laughs> yeah, so. that's, that's true <laughs> no but no but for the but, but in the general sense it, it's a very well put together group of people and the, in the way that you They're guys keep people. it in you know keep it going and keep it new and fresh we're starting to see slowly and not as intense as McAuliffe. I mean, like Pete Johnson at Tatuaje has the Saints and Sinners Club, uh, which is very exclusive, and it's, it's been around for a little while. But, you know, I'm seeing more and more manufacturers kind of start to get into that whole social club thing around their own brand, similar to, like, the Ambassadors. And it's interesting because I think a lot of people – and I'm not saying you guys really were the first to do it. I mean, it, it's it's been out there, but I think you were the first to really – innovate it and make it what it is. And I'm, I'm starting to see like other brands like take notice of that and maybe experiment with some things. And I'm seeing more brand specific Facebook groups pop up now that are run by the manufacturers, um, which is very interesting. And, and, and you see the way that they build that and they get their customers engaging in that. And it's such a huge tool. And I think that in the last couple of years, that's also something you guys have done a really good job growing because even before the pandemic, it's no secret in this industry. It, the digital world was very different. And it was, I don't want to say non-existent, but it was not what it is now. I think that pandemic really forced such an old school industry like the cigar industry. When it was like, oh, you guys can't go anywhere and talk to anyone. You have to do everything online. And that stayed. But that's one of the things about the pandemic that was good that stayed is the amount of just digital interaction and getting people together 
and the hearths that go on, the McAuliffe Ambassadors Lounge that they do, and they they go live every week, and they and they they all get together, and that's good. That's good stuff. You know, you don't have to go down to your local lounge. You should go down to your local lounge to support B&Ms, but you don't have to leave your house anymore. You can still socialize and have that cigar atmosphere and experience and the, and the conversation from home. The ambassadors have done a great job of that, uh, and you guys should be really proud of the whole the ambassador, you know, group as a whole. I mean, it is just it's a it's a nice dedicated group of following that you guys have built. Well, Matt, the key to success with the community coming from other industries into cigars is building it with people and letting them take creative license and run with it. Bill White and the Ambassador Lounge that they do on Monday night. Larry helping us focus some philanthropic efforts with the mugs that he built for the ambassadors to support the China's Children's Hospital. Mm, you know, it's not something that we just own or direct. Rather, it's a group of people and together it, it's, you know, I nudge and push a little every now and then, but it's really about what we want to build together with the ambassadors, you know, and when you have their feedback, it makes you a better company. And some days it's painful to hear what people have to say when you, when you have screwed something up other days, it's, it's unbelievable seeing people and how they celebrate with our cigars. You know, there's Michael Workus up in the, uh, the Midwest. He helps clear the, the snow at the airports. I think he runs the crew. You know, he loves the Medallia SE and he understands that it was about celebrating strong women. And when he has special occasions with his daughter or his wife, I see him using it. I, you know, it's just there's so many amazing stories that occur in the ambassador community. It's it's not something that's an add on to the business. It's core of what is McAuliffe Cigars. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, and, you know, like. You mentioned having the feedback from people too, and 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 you're right. Sometimes it's great, and it's nice to hear good feedback. But as much as it hurts, it's almost like any and, and this is true for any any business, any brand, in any industry. You do you do value the honest negative feedback because that, you know twenty people all day could be like, oh, this reserve is the best cigar ever, and you'd be like, oh, it's great, I'm happy. But when someone goes, <laughs> you know what, Dan, I had three of them. They all burned very strange. I had to keep lighting them. They kept canoeing, whatever. And it's like, hmm, well, that's something, you know, really good to know. Hey, we can address that. We can look at it. We can go back to the factory. We can figure it out and make sure that we don't have any other issues with any other, you know, cigars in the batch or the stuff that we're making now. Maybe there's a roller that's rolling something just a little off. You know, it and you, it, do, you it want, does. Go ahead. You want that real feedback. Yeah. You know. And they don't hold back, but it's not just about the cigars. That's only one part of, of being a community in a cigar business. You know, they help us with where does a retailer need help? Where do they want to shop? Who are their favorite retailers? They help us with, you know, constructive uh, issues around cigar quality. And I love when I get constructive feedback. You know, sometimes people um, get emotional about something that doesn't go their way. And that, that's a little difficult to diffuse. But anytime we hear good or negative feedback about our products or how our retail partners are selling our product or where we need to be, it's just priceless for us. And it's, it's really grown beyond just a product feedback form into a bunch of relationships and friends. You know, sometimes there's things that occur in the business and we need to, to solve them. Well, the ambassadors are a source of those ideas. And we are so grateful for that. I think that that's part of what will help other cigar companies 
as they think about their communities, you know, it's not just a broadcast platform, but it's really about how you build the relationships and that family with your ambassadors or your consumers. And it's a lot of fun. That's why it's not a manicured garden. It's a family fist fight at Thanksgiving. You know, there's a lot of laughs wow. and uh, <laughs> occasionally, you know, blows. <laughs> hey, it happens. No one's immune to it. Um, it's part of life and it's fun. Yeah, you know, like another one, like the Perdomos have a, have a, they have their own group that they run uh, on Facebook and, and people will go in there all the time and, and we'll, will post, hey, like this cigar, you know, whatever, or hey, why don't you guys do this? And Nick himself, you know, it, which from what I understand, he, I don't think he was always as engaged. I, I think he's getting, he's been getting more engaged, but seeing like other people like that, like, you know, be so many, so much more engaged on social media with the consumer being like, oh, and he'll reach out directly. And I'll, hey, Nick, I'm sorry about that cigar. Let me, you know, send me a message. Let me replace it. Or, hey, you know what? Uh, th that we didn't do this because of X, Y, and Z. We had to discontinue it, but we have a new thing coming out that's going to replace it. We think is going to perform better. You know, it, it's 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 something that more and more of the manufacturers are doing now, and it, and it is nice. And you guys have done probably one of the best jobs with it. Uh, and I think that a lot of other people are seeing that and and getting into that bandwagon. Not the bandwagon, but they're they're getting into that trend and they're they're learning about that useful connection that you can have like directly through social media and they're starting to get involved with the consumers themselves. And I think that that's great. And it's great for business versus the old days when, you know, like your reps would just go around to the stores and you had to be like, Oh, you had an event. It's such and such, you know, we had like 10 people come in and like two people said this and like six people said this. And okay. Well, that's all we really have to go on. Now anyone can get a hold of you or Amanda or Lauren or Andy or whoever, like all the time, just send Dan Thompson a Facebook message and Hey, this cigar, or, Hey, my shop, that no one carries McAuliffe around here. How can we get McAuliffe into my neighborhood? I, the closest shop is like two right. hours away. Um, oh, where are you? All right, let's look at that market. Um, it is. It has it become such a powerful tool. And you're right. It's not just a broadcasting platform either. It, it, it's, a, it's a community. And, you know, the funny thing about the cigar business, especially on the manufacturing side, um, we collaborate with other manufacturers on the back end often. You know, it may come down to, hey, we need a little more of this type of tobacco. Do you have it? We buy it from them. Sure. Or who are you getting molds from? You know, I'm having problems getting molds. Or, hey, did you know that so-and-so set up a new box company? So there's a lot of collaboration that happens there. What I think that the digital post-pandemic experience has created is a new sense of collaboration on, on the, the commercial side here in the U.S. It's been fun. Several other brands or manufacturers have reached out and they said, Hey, how are you guys doing this? And we just take the time and show them everything we did because we know that that's going to grow the cigar marketplace and the culture. If everybody had great, their version of ambassador group, we would be a better, stronger industry full stop. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it, it's a conversation that we have all the time with a lot of different people, you know, around the industry is, is, is the way, like you said, the way that even the manufacturers, you guys work together with each other, you know, and as much as look and on that end and just in a what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I would say uh, for lack of a better term, just in the family aspect in, in regards to the industry itself, you know, like I had this conversation with with Cynthia Fuente, you know, and she said it best to me. She's like, you know, when you go into a cigar shop. And you see all the different brands on the shelf. 
you know, yes, we all do kind of compete for some shelf space, right? She's like, it's true. We all have businesses to run and we all have products to sell. She's like, but at the same time, this industry specifically is so special because we all still work together too. And we do help each other with manufacturing and products or tobacco. People buy and sell tobacco between each other all the time. But also even with like the legislative stuff too, like the FDA and, and all the regulations that you know, like the companies will, will still stick together, you know, and it is such a, it's such a tight knit industry and uh, the way that you can be competitive but also stick together at the same time is truly special. And that's, I think, one of the things that makes this industry so special and so unique. Well, I, I think Cynthia hit it. I love her example of being in the humidor. And when you're working with a person at that point in time, if they're not interested in your product, then your job is to make sure they take other people's products. Because what we need are people who love enjoying premium cigars. Oh, yeah. And I loved her perspective on that. And it's so true because, you know, it, you know what, maybe if they don't buy your cigar, hopefully they still buy somebody else's. They don't just turn around and go, all right, well, I guess I'm not going to buy anything. No, they, any premium cigar is sold, no matter who who makes it. It's it's good for the industry. You know, it, it keeps the well, business it's, going. It's funny about how we taste and experience cigars. You know, I never want to make a judgment about a new cigar to me until I've had it two or three times. How often in your life have you smoked something, said, ah, that's not for me, and come back six months later and you're like, wow, that is really good. Oh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> and I make it a point when I do, sorry, just to add on, when I do, I try not to smoke them all together. I try to space right. them out so I can make sure that I, I get them from different, ba I don't want to make them all from the same box. You can have a bad box. It is a thing. A bad box is a real thing. It can happen. Uh, so I try to, like, I have one. If it don't work out, I wait. I get one from a different batch, from a different box later on. Try it again. If it still fails me, I might give it a shot much later on. But most of the time, that second shot a few months down the line, it's different experience. And you're like, oh, okay. That happened to me so many times. And it, it just with everyone. Even in a daily smoking experience, I smoke, I love our medallion. I smoke other things in the day because it helps me enjoy each of the medallions I love. If you smoke only one thing, you you lose the benefit of smoking others and then coming back to it. Yeah, and I've had cigars that I didn't like, and then I you know I just kind of didn't like. I wouldn't like. Oh, that cigar sucked, and I just wrote it off. Um, I'll have a cigar I don't like, and I was like, hmm, didn't love it. I'll step away. I'll smoke a whole bunch of other new things or other tobaccos or whatever. Right. Come back to it. Then all of a sudden, it's like, huh. Either my flavor profile and my palate has changed, and now I like that cigar. Maybe it was the tobaccos in the cigar itself. But in, 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 there's multiple reasons, you know, why, you know, it, it can it can change. You know, you you can you can smoke different things. Your palate is always changing too. And this is something that I learned. I always thought like. Well, like you have this palette and that's it, man. That's all you're going to No, like there's cigars I used to smoke that I love. And now I smoke them and I'm like, huh, I don't know. Maybe I smoke too many of them. Maybe my palate has just changed and it, it doesn't like as it's spicy and salty so much. And now it wants sweet. And then I'll get sweeted out. And then I need something a little bit more robust and a little bit meatier and not so sweet. And maybe I want some more. It, it, it changes. And I think that that's I think that's healthy as a cigar smoker to always have it change and taste different profiles. Um, Cause I mean, y look, you could smoke 
you could smoke um, Herencia Habano. Only Herencia Habanos. That's the only cigar you smoke. You can smoke it for three years straight. And if it makes you happy, that's great. But most people, that's not the case. It's, it's you're always it's always going to change. You're going to want your palate's going to crave something different. Uh, and I think that's so true for everybody. Matt, we're excited at PCA. I don't know what it's going to look like for sure, but you know, most of the people have their booths and, and they're all together. Right. And we're, we're really appreciative to Aaron, your guest from last week. Oh yeah. Because we were able to to work with her and we were able to get a booth that's set kind of in a aisle so that we have an island booth. And so our booth, instead of kind of being blocked in on the sides, will be in, in the 360. So it'll be an open island out on the trade floor. And we're excited about the story that we're going to be able to walk people through, people who, who've been working with us for the last couple of years and people who don't know us about this journey that we've been on, really focusing on the brick and mortar and their role. And while it was very important for us to have uh, good sales at an event like this, it's important for our business. We're going to have some fun. And I just want to make sure I invite you and Nicole. We'll, we'll have a special display there where there may be a little tongue-in-cheek humor about uh, some other company in the cigar industry. Mm. And uh, I, I figure we'll get slapped and be in trouble at some point for it. But I certainly want to extend the invite. So you might want to come by the first day before they take away our toys. Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, I will tell you that I... Sorry, I opened up the wrong thing. I'm trying to check my... I'm trying to do this very discreetly while I'm on the air. Um, oh, no, that's right. Never mind. Um, no, I do I do have uh, I do have some, some time that I did set aside um, that I'm trying to save for you guys right in the beginning because um, as one of the, the returners of the show, I wanted to make sure we got you right out of the gate. So don't worry. I've already planned for that. I don't know what it is you have up your sleeve, but I, I, I you guys are going to be one of the few out of the gate. So uh, I'm sure we'll be there. <laughs> well, it's very important to have a great show and really connect with the brick and mortars that we don't know. But at the same time, we're going to have fun. And, you know, it turns out there's a few people who may, maybe, maybe it'll be fun having fun at their expense. <laughs> Well, I'll uh, I'll have to I'll have to see. I don't. It's, and I have a feeling that somebody may take away our toys from us. So please come early and come often. All right, we'll have to make sure we cover that. Right. Like <laughs> Mc is up to something. Uh, La Flor Dominicana has something planned for their for their entry into the show floor. Yes. Um, I've well, I think it. that's fantastic. I can't wait to see what John's been planning. Uh, it was actually I I have I'm not trying to be that guy, but it was my idea. But then John kind of helped me run with it. Uh, and then he said, hey, let's get Lido in on it. And I said, hey, yeah, let's get Lido Gomez in on this. So there is a plan. Um, the LFD will be will be doing something as they enter the show floor. <laughs> That's all I can say. They will be making an entrance. They will be, they will be making an entrance. They will be making a statement. So <laughs> it, just, it sounds like everyone's going to have something a little bit strange planned. Uh, for this show this year, I, I just I feel like this year it's going to be a wild ride. We have some things that we're going to announce. I have already teased it, and that's all I'm going to say. And I, the the responses that we've gotten for some of the ideas, I mean, wow. I mean, it just people have 
people have some crazy imaginations. I mean, some people were close and some people were not, but you know, I that's all I, I can really surprised. say. Huh? Matt, everybody loves a carnival, so we're hoping to bring just a little of the carnival experience with us to the PCA trade show this year. And we have plans A, B, C, and D as they take away toys from us. So Well, for those I can't days, wait to get there. For those oh, my headset falling off. Uh-oh. <laughs> You know why? Because Matt was using this to record soundovers and his giant melon. Ah, he had it all stretched out. All right, out. there we go. Um, I was going to say, for those um, in the comments right now, we will be sure to film the toys before they are taken away. <laughs> <laughs> well, hmm. we just want to have a, a little special moment for each brick-and-mortar person as they visit with us in our booth. And, and I'm you know sure what? they're going to have fun with it. As you should. You know, you should, you should enjoy it. <laughs> it, it. No, it is. It, it's a business show. But it's also a show that it, it's it's special. You got to enjoy it. You got to find ways to make it fun. Uh, whatever it is you guys have planned, we're gonna find out. Obviously, we'll be there. But uh, whatever it is, it just 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 enjoy it, man. Really, just enjoy it because it is gonna be a wild ride. I'll, I'll um, put it this way: they're they're all gonna all the brick and mortars are gonna get to be in a competition, and we're gonna have a great prize for them. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. See innovation. So, innovation. Yeah. Innovation. Yeah, it's not it's not just about selling and buying cigars. It's about having fun. It's about the experience. And, uh, yeah, it's about the experience. And you know, we're gonna learn this year and next year we'll be ready to double down. We we can't wait to get there this year. Yeah, I we, we, we can't wait either. Like I said, we, we have a few things that we're going to say uh, and do and present at the show. That's all I'm gonna say right now. You guys can figure it out on your own. Uh, or you know, you'll just find out the week of PCA maybe before the show maybe during I don't know we haven't decided yet we'll find out so keep your keep your eyes peeled there's definitely some big things happening at smoking tobacco all right so anyway um it's time for McAuliffe news cigar news brought to you by McAuliffe cigars if you head over to McAuliffeCigars.com today you can sign up to become an official McAuliffe ambassador as we have previously talked about on the show it's a great time Dan has already sold it I don't <laughs> need to tell you how awesome it is Half of them are here in the show tonight in the comments section, watching and listening along at home. So all I'm going to say is head over to McAuliffeCigars.com. Check them out. Become an ambassador. Get into the McAuliffe family. See? I, I, I used I used your term. I, I turned it around. It's the McAuliffe family. Okay, It's not the garden. It's the family. It's We've always thought you were a fast learner, Matt. Yeah, I you know, I try. <laughs> I try. You know, I take the feedback too, you know, I you gotta run with it sometimes. Um this week, no, this was you know, so kind of on the on the theme that we've been talking about, there was a pretty significant news story that came across my desk this week and I wanted to get it up on the website. It's something I've known about for a little while now and I've been meaning to get to it, but th this came across my desk and I got it out right away. Um I don't Dan and I don't know if you, I think you know about this. I'm pretty sure you do. Um, the Sisters of the Leaf Global Movement, which Absolutely. is something that has started. It, it is great. It is great. And uh, it, it's something that has started, uh, I think it started in Greece, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, but it is a it is a movement that, and Nicole can speak on this a lot more too. Uh, she she has been kind of involved with this a little bit. Uh, I know she's, she's talked to some people over there and she's kind of gone over this a little bit herself. But um, it, it is a movement that, that is... In a nutshell, for the empowerment and, and promotion of more women um, in the cigar culture and the cigar lifestyle, not just in the industry, just all women cigar smokers. 
and um, this is a group that aims to to really highlight some of the women in the industry and some of the women out there um, you know to you know encourage you know the growth of, of women in the industry you guys have done a great job with that you guys celebrate International Women's Day um, you know it, the medallia and, and everything you guys have done with that which has been awesome they have partnered with light em up our friend Reinhard at light em up they have partnered with him um, and they have announced that they are going to or they uh, sorry my thing just moved here uh, let Sisters of the Leaf Lobe Movement and Light em Up are proud to announce today that they, the organizations have entered into a strategic partnership that will promote women-friendly cigar lounges across the globe. For those who don't know, Sister of the Leaf is acronym of S SOTL is acronym for Sisters of the Leaf. The agreement brings together the cigar platform of tomorrow, Light em Up, a pioneer of its kind, and Sisters of the Leaf Global Movement, an organization that aims to introduce women to the cigar world to inspire and lead them to empower them to raise their voices to motivate them to create cigar communities and in collaboration with men to develop a better environment for aficionados and aficionados um, <laughs> it's a it's a program that if i remember correctly um uh, lounges can become certified through this and they'll get a certificate and can display in their lounge um that says that they are a part of this uh, and that they support this movement and whatever and, and it shows you know that they are they are part of this and can advertise that for for women to see and for well everyone to see but it shows that you know they are you know they're women friendly in a sense uh and they promote that in the industry and uh and then women smokers can find it through the light em up app yes correct so light em, so the light em up app for those who don't know what that is it, it is an app that is is um it was debuted uh, was it this year beginning of this year end of last year i, I think, think it was i think it launched year. i think it was last year it launched and it's an app that will help you find find lounges uh, across the world. So as you travel, you open the app and it'll tell you, you know, like you're if you're traveling, you go to wherever you go to, you go to London. It'll say, okay, there's this shop, there's this shop. They tell you where it is, how to find it. So it's it's a great way, and it's always being updated and added. I think they're still kind of building on that. There's a lot of shops in the world, but uh, it, it's a great tool to help people find lounges all around the world. And this is now going to be built into that that shows you, you know, women friendly cigar lounges or or, or lounges that support this movement. You know, as you travel, so not even just in a, in a general sense, but even women too, who are like, "Hey, like, I want to find a cigar lounge, but I want to, I want to go to a lounge that I know, like, you know, supports women, or it's not going to make me feel uncomfortable, or because it's just a bunch of old crusty guys who are like, get out of here. This is an old man's club." Um, you yeah, know, that happens too. <laughs> I'm sure it does somewhere. You know, it, <laughs> you know, there's there's parts of the world where people are not so nice. Um, but no, so it, it is a, it is a, especially it, it, there's a whole, if you go to their website now, Nicole, I know you've been on there and you, you said that, um, they have some of the, uh, they have some women that are working with them and their profiles. So like Janine Perdomo is yep. a part of this. Um, Cynthia Fuente. Cynthia Fuente. Yeah, th there's so many, you'd be surprised how many women are working, um, with this uh, and they're in ad a newer advocacy group essentially. Mm -hmm. But, um, there's a lot of women who are already being who are a part of this and this is their first year at the PCA too. Um, officially yeah, they will be, they as launched be because yep. they had been working on this for a while and they just officially launched. Um, even though this has been in the works and talks for a while. So, um, they will be there. So I'm sure you're going to see more from sisters of the Leaf, the global movement. And I spoke with them yesterday. It's not official yet. Um, but it sounds like they're trying to put together, um, a round table a round table conversation or 
kind of not i don't want to say seminar i don't think it's more of a seminar i think it's just like more of a meeting with a round table conversation and to kind of talk about what they're doing and get some women together and at the trade show at the trade show um which i think is a great time to do it you know most of the industry is there um a lot of different people are there it's a great way to connect with people especially with a, a new organization and movement like themselves um so it, like I said, it's not in stone yet, but I think it's something that they're trying to they're trying to work on. So keep an eye out. If they get more information on that, uh, we'll get it out on on the website. And if we can, scheduling wise, depending on when it is during the trade show, if it's not during a, a peak um, show floor time for us, we we may even be uh, filming that, covering that, so you guys can check that out if you guys are interested. So uh, that's gonna be our news for the week. And if you want to read more about that, by the way, you can head over to smokingtobacco.com. Um, it's right on our cigar industry news tab. You can read all of it. It's a, it's a whole thing. There's, there's pictures of the certificate and all that. You can check all that out. Um, I think that's really cool. It is really cool. And you know who comes to mind? Connie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like. Yeah. Connie's Lounge that, in Texas. That's a great lounge for that. Yeah. Yeah. Just women. I don't know. Well, they. I know that you know Connie and they've they've done a great job of getting people. Uh, they, they have a whole women's section there. Um. I know you've been on some some. Yeah, we did the McAuliffe round table. Yes. At, yeah. At, at AME Cigars, yeah, Rutherford, which is yep. very close to our office, and you know it's one of many. The reality is, you know, when we when we wrote the McAuliffe Cigar Journal, we included in it a summary of all the women-owned, managed, and women-led tobacconists, and we realized that almost every shop was represented in some capacity. And it's just, it's like the greatest story that's never been told. If we look at the head count across McAuliffe cigars in the United States and Nicaragua, it's about 60% women. I mean, it's just, they play such an integral role and most people don't know that. They do. They do. Behind every strong man, there's an even stronger woman, or so they say. I don't know, Nicole, is that true? Yeah. 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 We know who. Well, for what it's worth, for every great cigar that you smoke, a woman helped put it together, and a woman definitely selected the color for you. That's true. This is very true. And Dan, I know you can speak to this too. For those who don't know this, or maybe maybe you've heard this before, it is true. Most of the time in the factories, when you get to the sorting, sorting of the leaves, sorting of the cigars into the boxes, the banding. That whole process, when the cigars are put into the box, and they're closed, and they're shipped out to you. So when you open that box, all the cigars look very uniform. Now, tobaccos are not all the same color. It's just, the, the Habano wrapper is not always, it's not the same, it's not the same shade every time. But when you open that box of cigars, they all look the same, right? That's because most factories out there have women, and women specifically, who sort the cigars into the box. They line them up, they make sure they all match, they box them, and they they sort them out based on shades of the color. Um, that is that is a very regular practice that goes on in most factories. It's very true. Um, and, and Matt, I don't know if you've ever done it. Have you ever sat down to a table with 500 cigars, all the same size, all the same blend, and tried to sort them by color? No, I haven't yet. I'm sure at it's some point. terrifying. <laughs> it's <terrifying. laughs> Nicole, you ladies just have far superior color acumen than we have. But even with that color acumen, it's a terrifying experience to go, 
I have 500 cigars. How am I going to make it into 50 boxes? Oh, see, I where love every that. cigar matches. I would love doing that. I love tedious stuff like that, though. So I was the kid it, who sorted all the M and M's by like different colors before I ate them. <laughs> is that the same thing? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, but Matt, I mean, I'll challenge you on one thing. You said it's primarily women. I've I've never seen or heard of a man doing the color sorting. And that's true. Maybe it was the black. It was those those. I, I think it's it. more so predominantly done by women. I think finding a man who could do it would be the exception. And I think at this point, finding a guy who would want to do it. I think most men would be like, you know what. I don't, uh, don't go there, Matt. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, some guys would be like, you know what? Like, I'm just, I, I, I'm not going to be able to do this that good. So I, I think that's exactly right. I, I couldn't <laughs> do it because I can't see it. <laughs> I mentioned there's guys that who would try and be like, see, they look all the same. And then one woman will go by and be like, no. Absolutely. I've seen them and I've had a lady just move them all in front of me and put them in the correct order. I'm like, oh, you're right. <laughs> it's like you can't see it, but then they do it, and you're like, oh, I, okay, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very humbly. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and it is such an important part of the process because, you know, and, and this goes into, like we were talking about before, it's not just about the cigar, the way it burns, and the tobacco, and this and that. It's 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 all parts of the, of the process, right? It, it is the packaging. It is the banding. You know, so a huge part of this is, you know, when you sell boxes of cigars, you want someone to open that box and you want all of your cigars to look identical. You don't want to open a box and like some are light brown, some are like caramel, some are a little darker than that. Some of them like a cinnamon color. They're all brown, but it's like different shades. It's like, oh, these look like they're all different cigars. I mean, the, and, and like I said before, not all tobacco leaves are exactly the same color, even if it's the same variety or whatever. They're not all going to come out the same color. So being able to, to, play that game so to speak of you know Matt, i'm sure you're aware of this but you know some cigar manufacturers who do business globally there are certain color selections that go to europe and certain color selections come to the u.s that's true i have heard that and, i have heard you that. know it's not something that we have in our mcauliffe business because we're u.s based right. in terms of our sales but I've, I've visited other factories and the consumer preference in other countries there's no rational reason mm -hmm. european prefer a lighter cigar. Americans tend to prefer a darker cigar. And so they actually do European and American selections. I've heard that. It's just real. Yeah. And it, you know, and I feel like in a general sense, and I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure you know this from the other industries that you've been a part of too. The, the, the way that Americans shop for, things is <laughs> drastically different than the way the Europeans or the Asians they and it's interesting because it's it, it's it is it's it, 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 it it's like they're buying the same kind of stuff right but it, the way they buy it or what their expectation it's very very different Nicole lived in England so she I mean being in a European country for a significant amount of time I'm sure understands this too uh, but like you, you talk to some Europeans and like the way that they, the way that they want to, the things, the things that they buy, how they buy them, where they buy them, you know, why they buy them is very different from the way an American person would do it. And then those two are very different from the way someone in Asia would do it. And it, but it's also like at its core, it's the same product, right? But the, yeah, it, it, it's so, it's so true. And, and you're right. There's no really like dedicated rhyme or reason to it. It's just whatever that preference is. And it, it regionally, it, it, it differs. 
Yeah, and it's exciting. People just have different expectations. And, you know, it, it kind of goes back to our original discussion around the regional experience through the brick and mortar who knows their customer. Matt, I feel like we may have lost audio on my side. Bruce, thanks for the affirmation that you could hear me. I appreciate it. I feel like I'm an island to myself right now. Matt has contacted me and told me that they're disconnected and they're going to be right back. I can see them working at a feverish pace. It's kind of like getting to do play-by-play -play as they do audio adjusting, which is the nightmare of any broadcaster. Well, ambassadors, I can't tell you how much I appreciate y'all joining us tonight. I know that your time's very valuable and you're stepping away from your families and friends to join Matt and Nicole on their show. They're some of our favorite hosts. Let's try that. Dan, Dan you got there me? There they are. There we go. You're back, that was risky. We almost, Nicole was like, uh, we might have to start the whole thing over again. I'm like, oh, man, that's not good. But now we're back. So I, I was going to close the show for you. And I was saying nice things. So I take them all back now. See, this is. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't think they can hear Nicole. Well. Can you guys hear Nicole now? No. Hold on. Oh, I know what you did. Oh, okay, never mind. I know how she fixed it. So, basically, you're not going to be able to hear Nicole. Uh, so we had to change the way the audio... You guys can hear me, so I can keep the show going. But Nicole, I guess, won't be here. So, uh, I'm sorry about that. I don't, and We don't know what happened, but we'll have to have to just get through this, Dan. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, there's Dan Thompson. You know, what a guy. We drop out, you can't hear out. He just keeps it going. I mean, a lot of guys would just be like... Well, I'm just going to sit here and wait, you know, look at it fixed. No, Dan's like, the show must go on. You know, <laughs> you know Matt, Matt, I'm an introverted guy, so it's the most unusual feeling in the world for me to, like, broadcast myself. <laughs> and all I got to say is thank you to the ambassadors and the guests who are online providing me a little feedback and guidance to help get me going. Yeah. Um, it, it's and you did a great job for that few seconds. It wasn't too long either, which is nice. You, you didn't have to really stretch it out. It would be, I it was perfect. We didn't have a game plan, but we would have we would have faked it till we made it. 
That's right. That's all you can do. Um, no, so we use uh, so we use MacBooks uh, to do the broadcasts here, and we use a system called Ecamm. So, um, but for whatever reason, Mac systems they don't allow you to. We have a, a two-channel interface, but they only allow you to um, use out of the box. They only let you use one channel going in. So even if I have a two-channel system and I have two headsets, that's why for a while everyone was like, I can hear Matt and I can't hear Nicole. This was like, you know, last year, beginning of last year, we were kind of going through some stuff. Um, we found out that we had to use a, a secondary um, software program. And, Dan, you come from Microsoft, so I know you understand exactly what I'm talking to you about because um, you know this stuff. So we have to use a secondary program in unison with our broadcast software that allows the audio coming in from the interface to be split into two channels so that everyone can still hear us, even though that the Mac system only allows you to take in one. So basically it masters the two into one channel so that you can hear both of us. Uh, but without that program, it doesn't work. So for whatever reason, that's not working. So Nicole had to switch it over to um, just the, the standard connection of the interface that's why you guys are probably going to hear me and you probably won't hear Nicole because that system is now out of the equation for whatever reason it crapped out. And I'm not sure why. So uh, th that's where we are. Just a little explanation. I apologize. You know what, Matt? I love the special value add, the behind the scenes coverage of what it takes to produce an audio experience for your audience. It's you what know, I've never heard it actually filled out that way before. So great it, job. It's what Coop calls peeling back the curtain. He'll use that term. You're like, oh, this one, we kind of peel back the curtain a little bit. Uh, that, that's his term. Uh, another term that Coop likes to use, and I and I and I kind of give him a hard time about it sometimes. Is he, he he likes to use the term as far as that goes. So a lot of times when you're watching the Spare Note Show, which Dan, you watch a lot of the Spare Note Show, you'll hear me like we'll, we'll be having a conversation, and Coop will finish, and I'll go as far as that goes, and he'll go, yep, as far as that goes. That's actually me giving him a hard time. I don't usually laugh about it. He doesn't laugh about it. I don't even know if he realizes what I'm doing. But if you if you if you ask some fellow media guys who we we know, they'll tell you, oh yeah, we know about as far as that goes. Uh, so that's kind of like my little inside joke with Coop. <laughs> oh man, yeah, spare notes, great show, great show. So, so I only have one criticism for spare notes. Uh oh, here we go. I think it, I think it's some of the best content that you and Coop do. I love it. But it's not the same not having Nicole on the show. Hmm. You know, I think Nicole she did could provide some color that would be fascinating because some of the details that you guys cover are very detail oriented, and we could have really used some color commentary over it. Nicole, I think actually has done one spare notes. You did one, didn't you? Just one. I think she's only ever done one. Uh, if I can convince her, um, I'll do the post PCA. Spare we notes. we have we have a post PCA spare notes and then this week we have part two of the pregame PCA um, spare notes which will be this Saturday night nine p.m. Don't miss it. Nicole always brings a perspective that gets missed by other people. So maybe not every show, but spare notes with uh, Nicole adding in would be a really nice addition. Sounds like Dan is starting the petition. And everyone listening and watching at home needs to, to to get the wheels in motion. We want Nicole on the Spare Note Show all the time. Um, I didn't say all the time. She, she I reserve her right to manage her time. But just, <laughs> I'm not going to get pulled into that fight, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We'll both get in trouble for that. <laughs> uh, 
No, I well, we'll try to get Nicole on the Spreno show more. She, I, we'll see if I can get her on. It sounds like she'll do the post game. I'll see if I can convince her to do the pre game. Uh, definitely, probably post game. Um, that'll that'll be a, a, a good show. There'll be there'll be a lot to cover. That one might be a two parter too. I don't know. Or we'll just do one super long show. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, but Dan, you know we've we've been on here for a while. We're gonna wrap up the show soon. Uh, I know, especially we got Andy's gonna be on Coop tonight. Speaking of Coop, and Coop starts in a little bit, so I, I try not to go too too close to his show. Um, but no, it's been great. It's been great to catch up with you. It's been great having you on the show. Um, we're really excited for PCA. It's been excited to see, excited to talk to you about what you have shared with us. But I'm excited to see what you have planned <laughs> that you didn't share with us. So that's always something to look forward to as well. Um, anything else that you that you wanted to to say or to cover on the show tonight that maybe we didn't hit that you know we should probably bring up? Well, Andy's going to start releasing the details, but there will be nine new cigars released by McAuliffe at the show. Wow! And you'll have to follow through and see the packaging, and it's all about favorites that people love. That's the theme. So we're excited to be there. You guys are so gracious to have us on. We appreciate everything you do with McAuliffe Cigars. So thank you both so much for being part of our family. Absolutely. You know, we're happy to be here. You know, um, you know, we, we love we love working with you guys. We, we, we love spoken with you guys and being with you guys. And we like being part of the uh, the rough and tumble McAuliffe family. Um, as, as Dan put it, you know, I'm going to roll with it, uh, cause I learned quick, uh, people like Orlando Perez, you know, he's, he's part of the family too. And I see he, he's in the chat. He said something. Um, and Jeff Batchelor also commented on this too. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh no. I need to make you an authentic mojito, Nicole. You know, Orlando's <laughs> Cuban, Orlando's Cuban. And he's never steered me wrong whenever I've asked him about Cuban food. But in the mojito, for those who don't know, it is a very Cuban drink. Uh, and But we, we did find these canned mojitos. We've talked about this on the show before. And we do find them refreshing. In a pinch. In a pinch, they work. A fresh mojito is always the best. But those are pretty good. And I'm not a big canned cocktail guy. And I, I actually enjoy those really well. I've never had a canned cocktail. I, I was never a fan. Like people with to the seltzers. You, I didn't and... really existed until you just told me. Like the, like the seltzers. <laughs> it's not really, I wouldn't really call them a canned cocktail, but the, like the seltzers, I was never really like, uh, it's okay. There's some other stuff. There's like rum and Cokes that like you can buy pre-done in a can. I think Jack Daniels has like a, a, a Jack and Coke in a can. Like There's some other stuff like that. I, uh, but I had one of these. It was this one, the, the original, you know, basic McCarty mojito. I had it at Nicole's work actually because they have a bar there. And I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. And I'm not a fan of these things. And so now we have them at home. Uh, and they do work in a pinch. I will say, I'll defend Nicole. They work in a pinch. I mean, if nothing beats, Dan, I have to say, nothing beats the tangerine mojito at Casa Fuente. I mean, that's the best mojito I've ever had. It is just, oh. I'm going to trust you. There's no doubt. You're my proxy. You're the decider for the best. What was it? Tangerine mojito? Yeah, at Casa Fuente in Las Vegas, at Caesar's Palace. Sounds like a new Jolly Rancher flavor. When you go to PCA, you gotta go. You gotta go. Just, just go. Just go and have one mojito and one cigar, and just it, trust me, it is a great experience. Anyone who's been to Las Vegas, if you've been to Casa Fuente and you've had the mojitos, I mean, it's it's the other thing that they're really known for is the mojitos, and they are just 
It's it's literally like one of three things I look forward to most every time I go out there. It's I got to go to Casa to get a mojito. It's yeah, and then go to Mona and go to my favorite my favorite restaurant. Well, one of my favorite restaurants, Mona Bica. That's that's a different conversation though. The the mojito is the highlight of this this rant. It it really is. It's fantastic. Um, but no, Dan, I I'm excited about that. You know, nine new nine new cigars. I mean, that's that's quite a lot, and that's that's really cool. I'm definitely gonna have to tune in and watch nine Andy. new cigars, but packaged in a way that's friendly for brick and mortars. Okay. okay. It would be crazy people if we did nine new cigars in nine different boxes. So nine new cigars packaged ready for brick and mortars to make available to the ambassadors. Awesome. Really awesome stuff. Um, really excited. And we'll see that at PCA. Um, so we'll definitely get some coverage of that. And you guys can check that out firsthand at spoken tobacco.com. Don't forget to check it out. Um, but that's going to do it for our show this week, guys. Thank you for watching. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Dan Thompson, El Presidente. I guess you're now El Presidente. Um, thank you for being with us, Dan. I love you very much. I appreciate you being here. Uh, I can't wait to see you in a couple weeks. It's going to be a great time. And, um, yeah, that's it. That's our show this week. We killed it. It was awesome. We lost We lost her there for, like, about a minute and, like, ten seconds. But Dan carried it for us, which was awesome. That's Dan for you. He's a great guy. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe and head over to SpokenTobacco.com for more on the haps in the cigar industry as well as our upcoming PCA 2022 coverage. Good night, everyone. Take care. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smoking Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokingTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.